0: The trade deadline is looming, and the New York Yankees are making moves to improve a team that already has exceeded our expectations. Notice I said our expectations, not just my expectations, but also the expectations of Locked On Yankees host Stacy Gottsulius, who by pure coincidence is the guest on today's episode of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB.
1: Your daily MLB podcast. Part of
0: the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm yours, Paul Francis. If you're watching me on the YouTubes, you know you can call me Sully. Follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Who the heck am I? Who the heck am I? I'm a comedian sometimes. I've been an Emmy nominated television producer. I've been a podcaster for over a decade. And I have appeared on HBO Sports, yapping and yapping. And being a funny talking head. Well, let me tell you something. There's someone out there who is completely unimpressed by that credit because she too has been on HBO Sports, being a funny talking head, yapping and yapping on a very different uh, special. Uh, let's bring her back, friend of the podcast, friend of all things Locked On, the person who introduced me to the Locked On world. So I uh, I owe her a finder's fee. Uh, Stacy Gottsulius. Welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm um, just, I just, because it tickles me because I grew up thinking HBO was this unattainable force of, of entertainment in my life. And knowing that um, I appeared on uh, the the HBO doc, uh, Curse of the Bambino, and then another one, um, which I won't talk about. But I, 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 was a uh, kind of a talking head of a Red Sox fan talking about that. And I didn't realize until many years later, because you were in nine innings from ground zero, which I saw when it came out. And as someone who lived in New York in 2001, I, I was obviously interested in it. As a classic Yankee hater, I couldn't believe I found myself getting teared up about Yankee fans you know, having happiness, but uh, little did I know one of the faces that I saw in there would be uh, a a friend of the podcast.
1: That was a very odd experience for me because I belonged to a Yankees message board, NYY fans, and Mm -hmm. someone had come into one of the threads talking about, um, I I believe they were originally going to do a Yankees-Red Sox rivalry I guess documentary. And Mm. the woman who was scouting for people said, you know, leave a few paragraphs about yourself, how big a Yankee fan you are, because I believe it was going to be for Fox. And I don't know if it was ever made. Um, I don't think it was because it was it was 2000. It was the beginning of 2004 when this happened. Mm. So I wrote like eight paragraphs. And one of them was about the 2001 playoff experience and what it was like being at Yankee Stadium. So she sent me a private message and said, look, my friend is doing a documentary for HBO on that. Would you, you know, if he reached out to you, would you talk to him? I'm like, uh, yes. Yes. And within a week, I was being interviewed for Nine innings <laughs> from Ground Zero. I was like, you... what? It was really amazing. And I didn't embarrass my parents. So that was always, that, that was my goal. Because, you know, HBO did have some shows that you could embarrass your family on. And I did mm. not go on any of those. So,
0: um, Who, do you, you wouldn't happen to remember um, who you, the director was or who the producer was that you, you met with, do you?
1: HBO? Yeah, for Joe the Levine. HBO one. Joe Levine. okay
0: yeah i was uh um there was two that i worked with one was brett and the other was uh john stone but they were i got involved in that because i had i was doing a lot of stand-up comedy i was living in new york at the time i was doing a lot of stand-up comedy and i my uh red sox fandom was as subtle as a tidal wave and um and a friend of mine knew they were doing the when they did the first one curse of the Bambino," which was basically about how pathetic we red sox fans were um I knew someone in HBO who said, do you have my friend Sully in the show? And I said, who's that? He said, he's a comedian. You have to get him on. And I did a phone interview with the guy who wound up being the producer. And like about 10 minutes into the phone interview, he just stopped. He said, you know, we're using you, right? We're just going to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. And so I came in, we shot it like in some stately room, like at some like, it was right out of Trading Places, where Dan Aykroyd would have belonged in Trading Places, and um, uh, the the film critic Jeffrey Lyons was just finishing up his segment, and he left, and I came in, and uh, we just shot and shot, and the the thing that got the two things that got me. You became a meme with the – the or, or uh, a gif. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you became a gif with the <laughs> –
1: I made myself kind of... a gif when I st- – well, apparently I was a hit in the HBO offices. I fr- okay, was it a blur for you? Because I honestly didn't even remember what I said to them. And I was – you know, they interviewed for me for like an hour, like an hour yeah, and 15 they... minutes. And when it was over, I really couldn't remember what the hell I said. So, you know – he was giving me progress reports as it was going on. He's like, no, you're, you're featured a bunch of times. And I'm like, like, I was like, why did I do this to myself? Oh God, this is going to be bad. And the premiere, (laughs) most of the cast of the Sopranos was there. Um, Rudy Giuliani was there. Uh, James Gandolfini wasn't there, but everyone else was, you know, Mm. Edie Falco was there. Wow. Paulie Walnuts was there. It was like, oh God, you know, I saw all these people. I'm like, oh no. Cause I didn't know what to expect. I don't remember. I didn't remember how I looked. I didn't even remember what I wore that day. Like, it was just really like, oh my God, I'm going to be on this giant movie screen. Oh no. And you hear my voice first. And as soon as I heard my voice, I went onto the floor and hid behind the theater seat in front of me. And my best friend's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, how do I look? Do I look all right? She's like, you look fine. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, and then afterwards, people were stabbing themselves. Like, the people from HBO at the reception were like, oh my god, it's you! And they were pretending to stab themselves, and Joe's like, oh yeah, we played you over and over again as we were editing the film. I'm like, great, I don't even remember doing it. And the best part was the mic was right there, so you really hear me bash myself in my chest. So yeah, if you've never seen any of them, you should. Because HBO, I mean, you all know HBO sports documentaries and HBO sports in general are great, but those two, three documentaries are they're good
0: I have the first and last line of reverse the curse uh <laughs> which I know you haven't watched but uh, uh no but I, I
1: and I will never thank you I
0: know but but you know if you, if you want to just watch the beginning and the very end um but uh no the, why the would thi- I want to watch the end <laughs> <sighs> look at we're going to talk about a lot of things we've we're, we're gone down memory lane right here uh <laughs> and we, we got to go to our second segment here but I need a little boost of energy to get into there hey Stacy got if you need a boost of energy is there something that you would use to sort of like, you know, to, to give yourself that nutrition to move forward?
1: Uh, yes, there is. Shall I tell you what it is?
0: Oh, please. I need to know. It's built Bar. <laughs> Bilt Bars are, you know, built Bars are the best tasting protein bars out there. But do you want, the thing about built Bar that I think is kind of sad is they've run out of flavors. There's no new flavors. There's no, there's no new variety. And I'm kind of saddened by that. Aren't, aren't you saddened by the lack of variety in built Bar these days?
1: Sally <laughs> is pulling your leg. People. Oh,
0: They're... I'm trying. I'm trying to throw you a, like an underhand pitch. I'm trying to like you know.
1: Yeah, I know there are so many flavors. It's it's actually hard for me to choose now. Mint brownie was my all time favorite, but mm-hmm. there are a few flavors now that I've had, and I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. They're a very close second to mint brownie.
0: But you know, it must be really hard to buy these though. I mean, like they, they, they don't have an online presence or anything like that. You can have them delivered to your home. You have to probably go way far out to some place and, like, you know, and, 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 uh, and be with those intimidating salesmen going like, oh, you know, wouldn't you want to try this? I mean, you can't get these online, right?
1: Oh, you can. You can go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off any order that you make.
0: Okay, let me write this down here. Are you telling me that I can, but but they lock you in on the flavors though. They say, but only good for these. Flavors. You can't like pick your flavors or make a mixed box or anything like that.
1: You can make a mixed box, you can pick whatever flavors you want, you can do a combo. It's great again. Built.com really easy. Locked 15 is your promo code. You get 15% off.
0: And in fact, I think it's worth saying because this episode is I don't know, I'm either dropping this late on Monday or early on Tuesday. But uh, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB or Locked On Yankees your first listen. Make the other one your second one. But the trade deadline is August second. Locked On MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked On Yankees and Locked On MLB and all your favorite teams are going to have rapid reactions to any move made. Subscribe now to your favorite Locked On MLB show on YouTube. Check out Locked On Yankees; it's killing. I love watching you guys on whether you're doing it by yourself or with Abby on YouTube. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, so you get notified when the episode airs, just subscribe. All right, we're here with HBO's uh Stacey Gotsulius. <laughs> um let's talk a little okay we we went we went down memory lane but let's uh I have to do a mea culpa here. I did not pick the Yankees to go to the postseason this year uh because they're I still, did not
1: still not they're not in the postseason yet.
0: And I and I certainly didn't expect them to clinch the pennant you know, to get to have a trip to the World Series, that they they have they have agreed to cancel the playoffs and just just move right on. Um, I, I the line I've said on the show uh, has been the Yankees. The I think the main reason uh, I felt that they had too many question marks in their pitching staff going into this year, and they turned the question marks into exclamation points. I mean, Clay Holmes. You know, I mean. As what he's done has been unbelievable, and I and remember, even Garrett Cole was a question mark going into this year. We didn't know what he was going to be like because he was disappointing down the stretch last year. So, um, I you know hat tipped to the the twenty twenty two World Series champion Yankees. We, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 the thing around Locked On, if you're watching on Locked On on MLB and you're seeing me for the first time. The thing that they like to make fun of me for is that I'm not one of those Yankee fans who walks around with their chest puffed and who is talking about, yeah, we're going to make the World Series. We're obviously going to win. I am one of those people who's always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I am not, it's not that I'm not confident. It's just I was basically a a pessimist my entire life. And it's hard to get that out of me. Even with all the championships that I've seen in the past, I still have this... The other shoe's going to drop. The other shoe's going to drop. And I still don't feel right. But the Yankees made a couple of moves today that um, made me feel a a bit better about what's going on. But it's not just Holmes. Holmes has scuffled a bit lately, but he's still okay. And uh, Cole is every other... No, not every other. Every three starts, he kind of struggles a little bit. Nestor Cortez, I mean, he was the ace of the staff for the first two months of yeah. the season dj lemay who's having a ba- bounce back season glaber mm-hmm. torres is having a bounce back season anthony because they rizzo put him in his, his correct his... position they put well, torres true, in his
0: correct position <laughs> I mean that that's goes a, a long way yeah you know yeah
1: yeah um, yeah. um anthony judge rizzo is... hit his 26th home run on monday night judge is up to 43 home runs and judge has
0: been disappointing this year judge staying... has been, <laughs> judge has been judge has been a letdown this year staying um, healthy
1: you know so there's I'll, a lot I'll of reasons.
0: I'll tell you the other thing, though, because people talk about you and some of the Yankee fans I talked to talk about the 2021 team uh, as if they were a 90 loss team sometimes. Um, The the thing that at least and and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the, the they lost that game on Sunday to Kansas City in the ninth, but. They had already won three out of four games, and there were some thrillers, including the walk-off homer and a, and a, and a come-from-behind victory in one of the games against Kansas City. Um, the Yankees, at the, about the midway point last year, they went on that stretch where they had, like, gut punch after gut punch with the one against the Angels and the Mets and the Red Sox and the Altuve and the Field of Dreams. All those. I don't recall the Yankees having many gut punch losses this year.
1: No, I don't not, not they, really. They haven't
0: had those those games where, yeah, they've had a couple of, you know, obviously every team loses every once in a while and every Yesterday team...
1: was kind of a gut punch just because of the way that it happened against Holmes, you know, cuz that's kind of surprising, but yeah, it's been different this year, but I feel like the few losses that they have had lately, like especially July felt weird. It wasn't a good a uh, good month for them and hopefully they're turning the page and August will be better. Um, but some of the losses lately have felt a little more like 2021 compared to 2022. But, I mean, I'm happy. It's 69 wins. Yeah, and and someone had said before yesterday's game or after yesterday's game, the Yankees' run differential last year at this point was minus four. And they're like plus 200 right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a I big mean, difference between the teams, yeah.
0: Even if they slow down, they're still on pace to win 100 games.
1: Right. Which nobody
0: was picking this year. No, nobody thought this was a hundred. So look at And another thing I'll say that, yeah, the Yankees have had, okay. They're not on their 130 win pace. They were at at the end of May. Okay. Right. Gee whiz. What a shocker. They've come back to earth a little bit, but they also look like a team that's been winning games where they don't have their best stuff. Like three of the games against Kansas city. One of the games, the, the starter for Kansas city was throwing a one hitter. And another game, that like Salvador Perez hit a home run in like the third or fourth inning to give him the lead. Cole
1: gave up five runs in that inning. He had two outs. Then there were two defensive miscues. Then Kyle Higashioka called two horrible pitches. One was hit for a a two-run single, and the other one was the home run for Perez. And it's like, what the hell just happened here?
0: But they still won the game. They still won the game. And that, in so many ways, a championship team a lot of times will win games they have no business winning. Right. Or the other
1: thing is, sorry, let me just say one thing. The thing that's working for the Yankees this year. If one aspect of the team is kind of in a game, the other ones will bail them out. You know, like if the offense isn't doing that great the pitching will do well enough for the offense to kind of kick in at the end. You know, the starter will do what he needs to do. The bullpen will come in, shut the other team down, and then maybe the offense will wake up at the end. Or if a pitcher's not doing so great and gives up five runs in an inning, then the offense will come back (laughs) and win the game. And that's what seems to be the difference. You know, the Yankees' defense is a lot better this year, a lot better. And they're preventing, you know, bad things from happening because that was a big issue last season and yes, they were a 92-win team, but if they had played better, if Boone didn't punt some of the uh, final games of series, so instead of, you know, two out of three, some of these things could have been sweeps if they hadn't put out the C lineup. You know, if they had beaten Baltimore more, they could have won 98 games instead of 92, and they wouldn't have been in the wildcard game. So there were a lot of different things last year. This is what's happening this year. No one expected the Yankees to be this far ahead in the division, ahead of the Rays and the Jays. Um yeah. you know, it's still a double digit lead at this point, which is just And the
0: Rays and the Jays are having good years. It's not like yeah. they're ninety lost teams. So that's the right. thing to emphasize. I mean the Red Sox are dead last and like one game under one game under five hundred. You know, like the whole division is playing at least mediocre. So I mean it's it's not like a situation a few years ago when uh, a bunch of the teams people thought were going to contend in the National League East didn't. And suddenly the Nationals won the division. This is, you know, the the, the Rays and the Blue Jays are on line to make the playoffs. Yep. And still they have a double-digit lead on them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very it's awful.
0: Odd. It's, awful. Um, it's awful. I'm not it's comfortable. It's just awful.
1: I know it's awful for you. It's ter- it's, it's, it's awful terrible. for me because I'm stressed. I don't like how I'm stressed about this. I should be happy and I'm not because, again, yeah. I'm not one of those obnoxious You know Yankees. why? It's
0: because you grew up with the 80s Yankees. If you grew up with the 90s Yankees with a right. sense of entitlement, you grew up with teams that you knew were talented. They had Winfield and Ricky Henderson and Dave Rigetti and Don Manley, Willie Rand. They have good teams and good players, but they weren't good enough to win it. That's the t- If you were raised with the core four and Bob you you probably don't remember the 77 and 78 world series so you went your whole lives hearing god the Yankees used to win all these world series and now they don't maybe it's me
1: well I yeah all right. no I mean I the Yankees had a 10 game winning streak the first 10 games I ever attended they won them mm-hmm. the 11th game was a game in September of 1984. They were playing the Red Sox. They were winning 3-1. I started to get a fever. And my dad's like, well, I'm going to take you home. And I said, no, I don't want to leave the game. And he's like, well, I have to take you home because you're." Get-. I was literally, like, within a half hour, I was, like, burning up with a fever. So in the car, the Yankees gave up the lead and lost the game. And I blamed myself. And from that point on, I never left a game early.
0: <laughs> it's a lesson to be learned there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about who the Yankees uh acquired because they first of all they made a huge trade today uh and a really let's let's be honest a really smart good trade especially when you consider that uh severino was back on the 60 day injured list which probably when you're 60 game injured list in august that's not well, that's that's, not... But
1: that's more of a roster move i think because he was throwing today so okay, they're well, expecting him to come out, come back at some point. It's just a roster crunch kind of a move. And they put him on the IL just because of the moves that were made. And, you know, they might be subtracting people, possibly Joey Gallo. So there there, may be more moves to be made by the Yankees. So just to the Yankee well, fans out there, don't panic about Severino.
0: Well, I was trying to cause a little panic there. But Frankie Montaz, How dare you? One, of the be- one of the best trade chips in baseball, excellent pitcher for Oakland and Lou Trevino, who is a, uh, who's a, you know, not having his best year this year, but has had, you know, has been a solid, you know, he's actually having a pretty poor season this year with the A's, but he's you know, has been a good reliever in the past. Right. And it, you're asking him to, you know, you're asking him to pitch meaningful games and maybe that'll give him a nice little jolt. Either way, Montas is a wonderful pickup uh, for the Yankees. Uh, you know, he gives you, he gives you a lot of innings, gives you a lot of starts. He's, uh, you know, he's not an, you know, last year he was a Cy Young contender. That may have been a little bit of a fluke, but he's going to be an innings eater who is, a, you know, with the Yankees' good bullpen is just going to give you exactly what they need. You know, he's going to give them, you know, you're to give, give them the innings they need and they're going to win some game and give them some depth. Yeah. And I think this was a, I thought this was a fantastic trade for the Yankees.
1: I was pleasantly surprised, um, you know, because before that trade, they made this move for um, Scott Efros from the Cubs. And I thought to myself, okay, because when I woke up this morning on Monday, I was thinking Andrew Benintendi is not enough. They -hmm. need bullpen help. They need another starter. And here it is later at night on Monday. they got bullpen help yeah. <laughs> twice they got a starter <laughs> so i and they didn't have to give up really any of their top top prospects no. Walter Chuck is actually pretty good he i think they're i feel like waldoch cuz he's part of the montas um trevino yep. move along with um,
0: along with cooper bowman Luis Medina and J.P. Sears, who I believe he pitched in the major leagues this year.
1: J.P. Sears. Sears did really well for the Yankees in the majors. I was a little bummed about that, but I kind of understand the move that they made, like why they made this move. And, you know, I was a little upset about Waldechuk just because of what Lindsey Crosby was telling me. Locked on prospects, locked on MLB prospects. Lindsey knows his stuff. Um but Waldachuk apparently is one of those guys who, if he isn't on the 40-man, he could have been lost in the Rule 5 draft. So Cashman threw him in there. Like, he was just mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll we'll work this out. So it's I think that's a good move for the A's. And A's fans should actually be happy with this haul. Because Sears, Medina, and Waldachuk, definitely, that's a good trio of arms there for the A's. Yeah. Yeah, it was, well, you know, because even Jason from Lockdown A's is like, is this good? And Lindsay and I are both like, yes, it actually is. You guys are, you, you weren't fleeced or anything like that. It's okay. It's a good move.
0: You know, I will say something about the A's. Um, uh, they, they've certainly got volume back for Olsen, for Chapman, for uh, Matt Chapman, for Frankie Montas, for Sean Mania. They, they've got, for each one of them, they got three or four prospects back from each one of them. And so, you know, look at I don't know what's going to happen with the A's. I've been very vocal. I want them to stay in Oakland. Uh, I don't think they're going to. Uh, I think I don't want them to move to Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a disaster waiting to happen in baseball. If they have to move to the West Coast, I would like them to move to Portland um, but or Vancouver, one of the two. Um, but uh, either way, I do think they... The A's, I don't think what they're doing is uh, tanking. Uh, I think they are trading players and getting back good assets for them and flooding their farm system. And, you know, we see the A's do this every few years. They'll trade everyone that isn't nailed down. And then I say, what the hell are they doing? And then three years later, geez, they're 93 wins. I've never heard of any of these guys. Right. And, you know, they don't win the pennant, but they give, you know, the fans in Oakland are banging their drums and waving their, the fans in Oakland. I, I love the fans in Oakland. They're so, they're, it's like going to a, a, a concert for a band that hasn't been discovered yet. It's not the biggest crowd, but they know every lyric. And, um, but I I like this trade for the A's. Just like I liked the Benaya trade, I don't think they got fleeced in any of these deals. But that being said, uh, I think that not every trade has a winner and a loser. I think this was a smart deal. Oh, also they they they, they got good value in the trade they made with the Mets uh, involving Chris Bassett and uh, uh, Marte. But I digress. Um, I think this is a great move for the Yankees. These two moves because. It they need, you know, pitching depth, we have see, is the name of the game when you go into October. It's what helped Washington win. It's what helped Atlanta win, you know, the last two World Series we had full seasons for. And, you know, when you have the depth in the pitching staff, you know, you're never, you're never going to slug your way to a World Series title. You could probably count on your fingers, on your one hand, the teams that won a World Series title based on mashing the ball. And you know you're going to be facing teams that have decent pitching, who can match up with you for the day. I mean, look at last year—the best team last starting, the best starting pitching rotation last year's playoffs was Milwaukee, and they didn't get out of the first round because Atlanta's pitching depth of their bullpen—you know—they weren't better over 162; they were better over four. Yeah. So I think we know the Yankees can hit, especially since they've traded bad Lemayhew for good Lemayhew. And they've traded Sanchez for Trevino, basically. And Benintendi, oh, my beautiful Benintendi. My beautiful (laughs) Benintendi is, uh, uh, you know, he's a step up from Gallo. Um, And, uh, you know, assuming that uh, Stanton's going to be healthy, um, you know, I mean, Judge is just playing on a different level right now. Um, I mean, this is... They have the superstar pieces in place. so they they need the depth pieces in place. And I every move the Yankees made, uh, I thought was really smart and really yeah. smart for building for building an October run because you know, because that's what the main thing they need to do.
1: Right, because I said that on my show a few times. I said, you know, it, it's well, it's all well and good making it to October, but you have to make it through October. And Brian Cashman needs to make moves to make it through October, step on people's throats, don't hold back, and do as much as you possibly can at the trade deadline. And I'm happy with these moves. Because yeah. I feel like they would have had to uh, give up way too much for Luis Castillo. Would I have liked to have Luis Castillo in the starting rotation? Of course. But I feel like he would have... I think he would have cost too much. And all, of all these moves, this is what happened um, so far, because who knows? The Yankees still might not be done. They, they still have some chips that they could actually use. The Yankees have acquired Frankie Montas, Andrew Benintendi, Scott Efros, and Lou Trevino for Ken Waldachuk, Hayden Wesneski, JP Sears, Luis Medina, Cooper Bowman, Beck Way, TJ Sickema, and Chandler Champlain. No Volpe. Peraza, Dominguez, or Austin Wells. They didn't give up any of those guys for any of these and, people. So,
0: and, and you still have you – have you'll put Trevino in a bullpen that is led by Holmes. Peralta's been good. Uh, uh, Lucas Litke has been good. As
1: Clark much as Schmitt's, I hate to say this, Aroldis Chapman has been looking better in his last few outings because he got his fastball back.
0: And, you know, you have – I mean, Tyon's been fine. Cortez has, uh, you know, obviously Cortez has come down a little bit from his superstar Cy Young self, but no one was expecting that. Right. I think if you if you had said, OK, Stacy, it's on early August. Nestor Cortez will throw 19 starts and have a nine and three record with an ERA of two point five three. Are you taking it? I have a feeling you'd say yes.
1: Every day um, and twice on Sunday.
0: <laughs> and Cole is back. Cole is back being a, a true ace innings eating ace. Uh, yes, he has every few games. He has a garbage start, but you add Montas to that rotation. You add the two new relievers to that uh, to that bullpen. Um, you know, and you and and Albert Abreu has pitched well too. Like anytime you get that depth, I mean, that's what won the World Series for Atlanta last year.
1: Jonathan Wise is coming back too. Yeah. You know, I, everyone yeah, forgets that they lost Chad Green early in the season to right. injury. They just Michael King. That was a big blow because Michael King was unbelievable this season. Yeah. It was like him and Clay yeah. Holmes. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like, "Wow, can't believe yeah, they're doing King, what they're doing."
0: Losing King, by the way. The if in one of those, like in one of those, if you went to the beginning of the season and you said, "Do you want know the biggest Yankee pickup is going to be?" Do you of all the acquisitions, the one that will really be paying benefits on the field, giving them the flexibility? We all knew it was going to be Matt Carpenter. We all knew that Matt Carpenter was going to show up from St. Louis and 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 be a home run hitting. He
1: has fifteen home runs since made like May twenty sixth when It's
0: fifteen it, home runs in forty one games.
1: That's it's insane stupid it's and stupid and since july 14th aaron judge hasn't gone more than two games without a home run
0: <laughs> i mean and look at carpenter was a fine play it's a couple of very good years with the with the cardinals but yeah. he's like the last few years has been i mean last year he slashed mustache. you know what
1: he, you know mustache. he slashed
0: last year with the, the cardinals over 130 games he batted 169 and on base of 305 and a slugging of two seventy five. Wow, that's that's over hundred and thirty games. Yeah, yeah. It's and he's—it's the, mag- he's,
1: the magic of the stash, just like Nestor he, Cortez. They can't shave them; they have to keep them on their faces.
0: He's closer to forty than to thirty, <laughs> and he's having this kind of a season. And can play and 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 get look, look at—he's a horrible outfielder. Right, but they don't need him in the outfield after the Benintendi trade.
1: Right, I mean they still put him out there, but yeah, as long as it's a can of corn, he's fine. Yeah, and his home runs aren't Yankee Stadium cheapies either. No, no. Yeah, it's no, funny. This is
0: yeah. It, I mean, sometimes it changes scenery, like because he was a Cardinal for a long time. He played in the World Series with the Cardinals and everything, and he was just one of those guys. You know, he's gonna be. He's one of these you know Cardinal for life types of guys. Right. And a change of scenery, you know, uh, you know, could do someone good. And uh, yeah, he looks like uh, he looks like he should be in Barney Miller's precinct uh, with that that mustache. But you know, it, it, hey, whatever works, and clearly yeah. it's working. It's working, Stacey Cazulis, and it makes me sick. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I'm okay, not, now I I. I Look, at, I know you are the most pessimistic Yankee fan out there. Yes. Um, which...
1: pe- no, I'm not pessimistic. I'm cautious. Okay. I'm cautious.
0: Let, Let me throw this that. question. Let me throw this question out to you. What scenario are you most nervous about with this Yankee team going into October? They're gonna. They're gonna win the division. I don't mean to jump the gun. They're gonna win the division. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, obviously, you have a you have well, a best case you have a best case scenario. Obviously,
1: let's go back to nine innings from Ground Zero when I did this.
0: Yes, okay. My <laughs> um, is it, what is what makes you what team makes you nervous? What scenario makes you nervous? And what are you just sort of like? Oh, please not this! Please not this! Please not this!
1: Um.
0: And it's not going to be the Red Sox, so don't worry about them. They're they're, they're going to be playing golf.
1: I don't know if I'm worried. I just would like for there to finally be a moment where the Yankees can get one over on the Astros. Like, I want it to be how it was in 09. After struggling Mm -hmm. against the Angels in 02 and 05, they finally beat them in 09 I'm kind of hoping that that would be the scenario against Houston this year. Um I don't think anything I I mean everything about the playoffs worries me because it's really a crapshoot because yeah. you can have the best team and not make it out of the first round because the other team can have a better four games than you. I mean, the we've seen it so the many 2011 2011
0: Phillies. The you know, 2011 Phillies were one of the best teams I ever saw in my life. Yeah. And they lost on a, to the Cardinals in the division series with on a one nothing shutout by Chris Carpenter, you yeah. know. I mean, I thought that team was going to s- sweep the. I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to run the table yeah. in twenty eleven, and they they did make it out of the first round, but. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I'm trying to um, think of other scenarios. Um, I just would like for them to make it to the World Series so we can stop hearing about the Yankees haven't made the World Series since they won the World Series in 09. That, that was a great of
0: impersonation of me, by the way, that, that you just You're did.
1: You're welcome. But yeah, I, I would just like for them to get past Houston so I could stop hearing everyone's big mouth about it. Um, yeah. But I don't pay attention to them other than when we play them, we, I hate doing that. I hate doing Sorry. that. When they play them and, you know, I don't even want to think about that yet. I just want them okay. to win the division.
0: Let me ask you one more horrible question. Okay. Oh, no. Right now from where I'm sitting, I'm picking a subway series.
1: Oh God, I hope
0: not. That's the question. I was going to say, what is your, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what Fox wants. What Fox they don't wants. Want, is,
1: they don't want a subway series.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. They want the Dodgers no. and the Yankees. They yeah, want LA, because, New York is what right, they want.
1: Because subway series, you know, the rest of the country doesn't give a crap about New York. Um, but think of
0: think of the clips you can pull out from a sub you know, a uh, a Dodgers Yankee World Series, which we haven't had since nineteen eighty one.
1: Well, yeah, because you know when I was a kid, you know the Mets. My dad didn't care about the Mets. Like my dad actually, we watched Mets games because my dad, you know, he, yes, he was a Yankee fan, but he didn't hate the Mets. Um, we hated the Royals. I was I was brought up to hate the Royals, the Red Sox and the Dodgers because <laughs> those were the teams from when I was younger and the Yankees played them in the playoffs, that that's who we were supposed to not like. So I think yeah, a Yankees Dodger series could be crazy, but I think most baseball fans not want that to happen I think they'd want like you know a meteor like how I am when you know the Astros and the Red Sox are in an ALCS I root for the meteor that's how people would be if the Yankees and Dodgers were in the World Series
0: <laughs> but unfortunately we're gonna have to wrap this up here Stacy Gatsoulias host of Locked on Yankees where can people find your show
1: you can find us at Locked on Yankees on every podcasting platform available. And you can look at our gorgeous faces on YouTube. Yes, that's a joke. Um, it's sometimes me and sometimes me with my co-host, Abby Mastracco. And we have a good time when we do the show. She loves show. ribbing me because I'm cautious. And she thinks it's hilarious that I'm not an obnoxious Yankee fan. And uh yeah, no, it's a fun time. You can find us on Twitter, also at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stay Scotts. I'm also, uh, my name, my screen name is StaceBall because I like a good pun.
0: There you go, and you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. If you look down there in the YouTubes, I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. If you want to throw anything my way, it's best to do it via Twitter Uh, because I sometimes forget I have Instagram. Um, Hey, talking about the Yankees with someone who has forgotten more Yankees than I'll ever know, Stacey Gatsoulias. This has been Locked On MLB for either the first or the second day of August. I don't know when this is dropping. It's one of those two. You're probably hearing it on the second. I'm here with Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, please, I'm begging you, call me Sully.